Oh, I'm joined by Noah Rubin, who sadly beat me in industry pickup last week. It is Monday, January. No, it's February already. February 12. Uh, we're having a look at the week 17 schedule, some injury news, pickups, uh, rotations, weird rotations. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. I'm the type to get shit done. You're the type to observe. March Madness on my speakers, but today's November 23rd. Got something loud in the blunt, yeah. I don't say what I want, yeah. Probably somewhere sunny and tan. Foreign women in the sun, yeah. That's all that I need. That's all that I need. That's all that I need. Come my brothers with me. Come my brothers with me and my mama's healthy. That's all that I need. Welcome to the Balls Deep podcast, part of the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. I am your host, Adam King, at AdamKing91 on Twitter, uh, is where you can find me, at FBI Basketball on Twitter, is where you can find us, and at NoahRubin22 is where you can find my guest. Noah, it's a sad day. Uh, I think my industry pickup season is done. Uh, you single-handedly brought me to my knees uh yeah it wasn't uh it wasn't a fun week for me but anyway I, I digress we are here to talk about week 17 which of course is the uh uh all-star break so it could be a split week uh for a lot of people depending on how your league is set up it might be a two-week um sort of multiple game schedule it could be a very shortened schedule uh First things first, how's how's things? How was your weekend? Man, it was great. I uh, won one of my fantasy matchups by exactly one turnover, which was which was kind of cool. But uh, mm. I, yep. I don't need your season to be done because I need you to beat beat up this week to ha- help me have a chance to make the playoffs. Because I think he's half a game in front of me right now. He's sixth. I'm seventh. So just trying to to sneak in there. And as far as the two week thing, I'm in a league that has two week playoff periods that starts this week. So it's a three week playoff period and I have a buy for it. So I don't have to set my lineup for like three weeks. I hope I don't forget about it after that. But uh, aside from that, man, things are going great. I'm uh, excited to be back here talking fantasy hoops with you uh, once again on a Monday. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I think most of my leagues are actually split. Uh, so actually over two weeks, uh, this, for this matchup, um, I haven't I haven't checked them all. Um, I know industry pickup is, and and yes, I am against B Dub this week. Um, and you and I'm behind um, both you and, and B Dub, but going to be tough to catch. I need to overtake both of you, and you two actually play next week um, or in the next matchup. So uh, yeah, one of you is obviously going to win that matchup. So um, it could yeah. tie, and then if you win seven two, I mean. Well, that's what I need. I need a big win this week, and, and I did. Uh, I did the recap with Mitch Casey last night, and I did flag the idea of talking to B Dub and asking him to fall on his sword for me and just like let me win eight one. But <laughs> very unlikely. But maybe yeah. Talk, talk to him. Talk to him. We'll see if we can get that not. to happen. <laughs> um, yeah. So so it's going to be uh, tough. But um, yeah. So look, I sent you a very brief list of what we're going to talk about um, today. We're looking at week seventeen. So. I'll start with the schedule. Uh, so if you are in a, a league that just has a normal week, this is your week. There's only games on uh, four days this week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. 
Uh, despite that, there's a few teams playing three games, so three in four nights. Uh, we've got the Warriors, the Grizzlies, uh, then I think it's the Heat. Uh, no, sorry, no, the Bucks, Timberwolves and Jazz all have five games uh, this week. But then we have OKC with one game uh, in the next four nights. So probably not uh, streaming any Thunder players. Probably the only guys you'd be rolling out there would be SGA, Chet, I guess, and Jalen Williams, maybe. Um, they'd be the only th- three I would consider starting in a weekly lineup. Um, so I guess if we just look at some quick streaming uh, options from the Warriors, Grizzlies, Bucks, Wolves, and Jazz, uh, I wrote an article for Rotowire last night uh, talking about some um, sit-start guys and had a couple of Jazz guys in there, Keontae George and Walker Kessler. Uh, both have seen an uptick in minutes. Um, what do you what do you think is going to happen in in um, Utah now? Obviously, they weren't huge, um, hugely active at the trade deadline, but they did move uh, Fontecchio and Walker Kessler moved into the starting lineup for their last game. Do you think this is something that's going to stick now? Like, is he back and he's going to play twenty seven to twenty nine minutes a night? I think I'm a little bit more optimistic about Kessler than Keontae George. Um, mm-hmm. Kessler is a guy that I think everybody knows how good he is, especially for fantasy basketball, especially for category leagues uh, because of his blocks um, and, and a couple other things, but mostly the blocks is what he's been doing. But it was like the past two weeks, I think before that game playing like 18 minutes per game, he was averaging like three blocks or something ridiculous like that. So uh, those have always been there. Those will keep being there. And now he's on the floor more. He can get a few more points, a few more rebounds. Um, make a little bit more of an impact there. And I think now that Kelly Olenek is gone, that he should continue to start there with John Collins at power forward and Markinen at the three. But the guard rotation in Utah is still just something I'm going to kind of stick away from uh, just because they kind of have Chris Dunn, Colin Sexton, Keontae George, and Jordan Clarkson all kind of splitting minutes. Um, doesn't really allow for any of them. Like occasionally like somebody will just have like a really good game, maybe ride the hot hand a little bit more, see a few extra minutes. But for the most part, They've all been kind of seeing around the same amount of minutes with, I think, I mean, I'm not looking at the numbers. I just feel like it's Jordan Clarkson seeing a couple extra and Chris Dunn seeing a couple less, but like kind of around the same. So it makes it hard to trust them consistently. Um, and it doesn't seem like Utah is going to full on pull the plug on their season and just like see what we have in Kelsey George. Like it seems like I mean, they're right there on the edge of the play-in tournament. I don't mm-hmm. imagine that they're going to just quit now. Uh, and someone you mentioned there who who obviously um, is not there anymore is, is Kelly Olynyk, who's now in uh, Toronto. He missed that first game, I guess, just because they wanted to get him in around the team and, and that sort of thing. So despite being active, he didn't play. But he played in the second game of the back-to-back and, and was pretty good. Um, he played, uh, I want to say it was like 24 minutes, something like that. I'm just bringing up the... Uh, the box score here, but um, did what he does, like out of position assists, some defensive stuff, hits his free throws, can give you a three a game. Do you think, I don't know, Toronto are an interesting team in terms of where they are in the standings. What are they doing this season? Are they are they just sort of going to look at a, at a rebuild kind of thing? I, I mean, I don't think they are. Um, I just don't think that's in Toronto's DNA. But do you think Kelly Olynyk fits what they're going to do for rest rest of the season? And 
And could he play 25 minutes a night moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a possibility for sure. I was, I was double-checking because I know that they got blown out, so I couldn't remember if Kelly Olynyk saw extra minutes because of that, but I don't think that was really the case. But um, what are they trying to do? I don't know. I think they're like hmm. yeah. five games out of the play-in tournament. I think if we knew that they were going to try and make a push for that, then you feel really good about him. Uh, if they were going to try and just improve their lottery odds, then I don't know. Does that require them to bench Kelly Olynyk? to improve their lottery odds, like maybe the last couple games, but I don't think that necessarily requires them to late February, early March, say Kelly Olenek, you can't play. We're winning too much. Like, I don't think he has that type of like basketball gravity to where they have to keep him out of the lineup in order to lose games. So could he see bigger minutes as they bench guys like Scotty Barnes, Jakob Pertl? Maybe, but it doesn't seem like they have any clear plans to tank as of now. So I know we kind of dogged you a little bit when you picked him up uh, and you spent in a couple leagues because uh, me and Dan were like, "Eh, I don't, I don't know about that one, but he looked pretty good in the first game. Um, So I think he has standard league upside. I think that getting him in a 12 team league, like you did and the 14 is even better. Um, So yeah, I kind of like him going forward. Yeah. And I I figured like he played 22 minutes and and that was his first game and it was a blowout. So Uh, yeah, I don't think he gets to 30 minutes or anything like that, but 25 minutes, 26 minutes, I think he can be standard league. Um, my my dream is for him to repeat what he did. Um, I think we <laughs> talked about that as well, that yeah. where, where he had that uh, end of season where he was a top 30 or top 20 player or something for about a month. So, yeah, unlikely, but you, but you never know. Um, so looking at, again at, at streaming, was there anyone else sort of that you've got on your radar this week, anyone on the Warriors? Um, I guess Pajemski, um, if he's available, but Gary Payton is back as well. So they're probably going to sort of cut into each other's minutes a little bit. Um, in Memphis, I mean, they have a favourable schedule with three games, but knowing who's going to play every night, um, they've got a back-to-back on Wednesday, Thursday. So there'll be a couple of players who have some soreness injuries, whatever that <laughs> might be. Um, any sort of clear targets, I guess, for you in Memphis at the moment? Uh, Vince, Vince Williams is probably one, I would say, but outside of him. Um, back to Golden State real quick. I think there was a report that came out this morning. Um, I don't remember where it was from. I got the notification on my phone that Clay Thompson would be open to a reduced role to stay with the Warriors, okay. um, which actually I know I still have that notification. So let me – See if I can find that real quick, but um, maybe I can't. But that uh, Pajemski's still been seeing minutes. In their last game, he played 35 minutes. Uh, Gary Payton played well, too, off the bench. I don't remember how many minutes he played. Just 14 minutes, but had 11 points, four rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block, and a three. Um, that's probably kind of his peak, maybe an extra steal. So not – Super, super interested in him. Maybe in deeper leagues where I need like a steel specialist, then sure. But Pajemski, I'm I'm really excited about what he's going to do for the rest of the season. Like unless Clay Thompson's hot, I think Pajemski's going to see anywhere from thirty to thirty-five minutes. Because um, Clay Thompson's had a number of games recently where he's just struggling with his shot, and Steve Kerr isn't forcing the minutes. So great, like Pajemski, rest of the season and way beyond that. I'm really excited about. But Memphis, it's. You know, it is Vince Williams. It is 
Jaron Jackson. And then out, outside of that, it's been very game to game who is doing mm. something, who is seeing. I mean, kind of everybody is seeing decent amount of minutes. So there's there's nobody I can really pinpoint and say, this is a guy that I really want to see or really would definitely add in Memphis. Like Gigi Jackson has had a couple of good games and a couple like really bad games. Um, they just added Jordan Goodwin on a 10-day contract. Are they going to give him some minutes to see what he can do? We saw him play well in stretches for the Wizards last season. Is that something that we could see him do here in Memphis for a depleted roster? Maybe. So, yeah, I think it's – you may even honestly need to wait and see who's in the starting lineup each game. But even then, that might not be enough information to say, oh, this guy's definitely going to be worth streaming. Yeah, that that addition, I saw that addition of Jordan Goodwin, and that really just complicates things even further, I think, because Scotty Pippen was probably on the radar as someone to to target, but do they rest him and play Gordon uh, Jordan Goodwin to see what he's got? Does he cut into Luke Kennard's minutes? Um, so, yeah, it's probably just Vince Williams, uh, Jaron Jackson, of course, but, but he's rostered everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then looking at the the final two teams, the Bucks and the Wolves. I mean, there's very little on the Bucks. I mean, they're pretty boring when it comes to fantasy. I guess Malik Beasley, if you need some threes, um, they do have a back to back. Maybe Giannis sits one of those. So, but it's Bobby Portis who's probably rostered. Mm-hmm. Um, God, Jay Crowder. That's that's I, really. I think Jay Crowder with uh, Middleton still sidelined, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he, he did well in their last game, and I think that's what – no, it wasn't their last game. It was the game before. Game before. He had 21 points, eight rebounds, five assists, four threes. So, like, is Jay Crowder going to be a 20-point-per-game scorer with Chris Middleton out? No, but he could be a pretty decent option. I don't know, as long as they're not winning by 40 every night because then that limits him to just five points. So, uh, And the Wolves um... – Again, not a lot when they're healthy. Um, we sort of we know who who we're going to get value from. I guess Jaden McDaniels. He's questionable uh, tonight, I believe. Maybe if he's floating around. The only other one would be because they're on a back to back too. So if Mike Conley is given a night off, do they roll Monty Morris out as the starting point guard to, just to see yeah. what? Because that's what they got him in for. They got him in to play those minutes when Conley's off the floor. Uh, a bit of a veteran because um, that's probably been the one hole or chink in their armour this season is is when Conley doesn't play or isn't on the floor. They struggle. So if Conley is given a night off because um, he's had a couple of injuries in the last month, maybe Monty Morris is worth streaming in um, just as a one-night thing. But outside of that, it's just your usual sort of Kyle Anderson, Naz Reed, those guys. Um, anyone else for you in Minnesota? Maybe if they don't start Monty Morris and go with Nikhil Alexander-Walker, then yeah. maybe. But, I mean, I think he's had a couple good games and a couple kind of forgettable starts. So not anybody that I'm, you know, dying to start. Just a couple options. Just wanted to throw his name out there. Uh, so on a couple of injuries, no no major injuries here, I guess, no well, in terms of players, no key players. But, but a few rotation pieces that we have got injury news on coming through this morning. Dyson Daniels has a meniscus injury, um, which is a real shame because he'd been playing pretty well the last few weeks. Um, that leaves a hole in the, in the New Orleans rotation. Like I said, he wasn't playing big minutes, but it, it opens up 20, 25 minutes a night. 
Uh, Trey Murphy, I'm assuming, picks up a little bit of those. But uh, who are we looking at here? Is it is it Jose Alvarado? Does he get a bump here? And, and maybe you can look at adding him if you need steals and assists. Um, does Najee Marshall... He's sort of pretty versatile, so he can play a bit of the three, the four. He can sort of all over the place. So what do you think they do here uh, in New Orleans? Um, I think that the logical option is that Jose Alvarado sees more minutes, and I'm trying to pull up their rotation from their last game because Daniels was out. And let's see, Alvarado played about 20 minutes, uh, had two points, two rebounds, two assists, three steals. Jordan Hawkins played 14 minutes and missed both of his three-pointers and didn't really do a ton else. So I think those two guys are going to just kind of see more minutes with Dyson Daniels sideline, uh, with Jose Alvarado obviously just kind of mirroring C.J. McCollum's minutes, maybe seeing the floor with him a couple minutes a game. But I don't think that there's like a ton of fantasy upside there just because they are kind of healthy everywhere else. Like if you know Daniels is out and now – Herb Jones misses a game or Zion misses a game. I mean, Zion was out last night as well, and Trey Murphy stepped in. They still only saw 20 and 15 minutes. So I just don't think there's enough minutes there because of the amount of depth that they already have for me to want to stream Alvarado or Hawkins. Like if they're seeing 30 minutes per game, then that's worth streaming to me. But those two in 15 to 20 minutes per game isn't really enough for me to pick them up. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and like I said, I think maybe this solidifies Murphy a little bit. He's probably on the on the sort of cut line in in a lot of twelve team leagues. So maybe he gets a little a little more leash here um, with some minutes to go around. Um, the other injury that's that I, I guess we we at least have a bit of a, a schedule or a timeline on is Josh Richardson, uh, who suffered a shoulder injury and is going to miss a few weeks at least here. Jimmy Butler is also out for the remainder of this week due to the uh, death in the family. Um, Terry Rozier, we, I don't think there's been an update on his injury. I haven't seen one. Has there been? Nothing? I haven't seen one either. So I guess if we're looking at, at Miami, I mean, this certainly opens up minutes, um, at least for this week with Jimmy Butler gone. Um, Jaime Huckers. He's probably rostered in most leagues. I haven't seen him on any of my waivers, so he he would be a winner here in terms of opportunity. Um, Caleb Martin and Duncan Robinson are probably the other two. Duncan Robinson played 30 minutes in the last game, I want to say. Um, so yeah. that was yesterday. And, he look, he had a stretch earlier in the season where he was must roster in 12 teams. So are, are we back at that point where he just needs to be added and, and we see what happens. He's going to be a little bit up and down, obviously, because he relies on a couple of categories to to sort of um, elevate his value. But is he worth rostering now, Duncan Robinson? I don't know if I'd be adding him quite yet. Um, also, I, did, I know I saw the injury that he kind of suffered from Jalen Brown. I don't know if that actually ended up messing up his shoulder, if he was able to play through it. I wasn't keeping up with that game, but um, Jaime Hawkins is the guy that I'm preferring over Duncan Robinson, unless you just like really need the threes and your team just really needs them, in which case you can prefer Duncan Robinson. That's fine. Uh, Hawkins didn't really play all that well in their last game, but before that, he, or I guess still with 16 starts this season, including that one, which was the second lowest scoring start for him. He had six points the 
only other two times that he started and didn't score at least 10 was his first two starts, which were in October and on November 1st. So very, very early in his career. And he only, he played less than 20 minutes in those. So he averages 15 points, 4.4 rebounds, 2.6 assists, a little over a steal when he's starting this season. So I still prefer him over Duncan Robinson, even if yesterday kind of disagreed with that statement. Um, I just like his versatility. I just think that he is a good basketball player, will be on the floor and can kind of contribute in multiple areas kind of across the board. Whereas Duncan Robinson, like you said, it's a few categories. It's mostly threes, um, points if he hits enough of them. I don't, I mean, I don't really think he's going to give you a ton elsewhere. I mean, they're probably going to have a Rozier and Hero handling the ball before they let Duncan Robinson do much playmaking. Bam is still a good playmaker from the center. So not as excited about Duncan Robinson, but I, I see the upside there, especially with how he played earlier in the season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's Huckers, um would be the priority if he's available. Um, other than that, if you need some points and threes, it's Duncan yeah. Robinson. Um, and But be prepared to drop him. I mean, if you pick him up and he has a couple of bad games, they've got a back-to-back this week. Uh, not tonight, though. So they don't play tonight, and, and it's um, relatively high volume tonight. So they play tomorrow, which is low volume, six games. But then just beware on Wednesday – while they do play, there are 13 games. So is he going to be one of the best eight or ten players or, or however many right. active spots you have? So if you're picking him up, it might only be for one game, um, despite the fact that they play two. Uh, Cam Johnson is also out again with his adductor, um, which is sort of an, a lingering injury. These these things um, seems to be a few teams that are managing these players rather than just letting them rest for some reason. I don't know whether that's the games cap thing or who knows, but with, uh, with him out, is there anyone in Brooklyn? Um, their, their rotation is a little bit different now because they don't have Royce O'Neal. They've got Dennis Schroeder in there. Ben Simmons is healthy. Uh, well, as healthy as Ben Simmons ever is. Uh, Dayron Sharp is back tonight, I believe. So he was playing really well before he went down uh, with his injury. Does the Johnson injury open up a streaming opportunity for like a Dennis Smith? Uh, Finney Smith, I, I guess, probably moves into the starting lineup, but he's not that attractive as a as a fantasy asset. So, would you would you take a flyer on anyone he based on this injury, or it's sort of just business as usual in Brooklyn? I think with Dorian Finney Smith back, uh, he played in their last game, played twenty minutes, uh, but he was in foul trouble, ended up fouling out, so that may have impacted their rotation as well. Um, but I think that was an, was that an afternoon game? And that's why I'm not remembering it as well. That could be the case, but um, Jalen Wilson played 30 minutes in that game after playing 40 in the game before, which they were dealing with more injuries then. So he's not a guy that I'm saying must roster, but I'm keeping an eye on him uh, partially for dynasty reasons. He was drafted in the second round after, a good four years at Kansas. Uh, and now he's seeing big minutes for the Nets. So seeing what he does with those minutes is kind of cool and kind of important. Uh, but I don't think anybody else that would be worth adding based on this injury is available enough. Like Ben Simmons and Dennis Schroeder are kind of rostered everywhere. So maybe Dennis Smith Jr., but I don't think he directly benefits from Cam Johnson being out. So I think 
because Kim Johnson's been out a few games. Dorian Finney-Smith was out a few games. Now he's back. I think that kind of fills that void that because Jalen Wilson did get a start uh, mm. in the previous game. So not not super exciting uh, for anybody now that or with um, Cam Johnson out. Uh, and then another, well, least surprising injury news of the day or of the week is Malcolm Brogdon. Um, this was always going to happen. Um, Portland are going to be resting guys and injuring guys the rest of the way, I think. Anthony Simons is questionable. Um, he's been in and out of the lineup as well. I, I just feel like, the, I mean, most of these guys, Jeremy Grant, DeAndre Ayton, I think in, within a month, most of them will be in and out, maybe out for a sustained period due to whatever. Uh, anyone here, um, I mean, it obviously would be um, shade and sharp if he was healthy, but he's not. So Scoot Henderson is rostered everywhere. Matisse Thibel is, I mean, we know who he is. He's a stream guy for defensive stuff. That's it. Um, is there anyone with, with the Brogdon injury that that you would target in, in Portland? I'm, for me, that there really isn't like it's a situation a little bit like Memphis that I'm just staying away from. Yeah, I, th- I mean they started Ashton Hagens at point guard in their last game, um, and they scored 84 points. I mean, still a target. Yeah, he started, um, which is kind of cool. He was a uh, a five star that I played against a couple of times in high school uh, that went to Kentucky, didn't end up doing anything. And then just kind of was, I think he either went late second round or he went undrafted. Anyways, hasn't been able to do anything in the NBA. So it's cool to see him starting, but he's not a guy that I would be adding in fantasy basketball. So I don't think that there is. And the only person that's really going to benefit from these injuries is Scoot Henderson, but he missed their last game. So until he's back, it's, it's yeah, steer clear. Uh, so we've got – there's a few questions here, so I'm going to get to those. So if you do have questions, feel free to, to drop them in. Um, but just one last thing I wanted to talk about was the guard rotation in Charlotte because I've had a few questions about this. Uh, Lamelo is still out for how – well, we don't know how long he's out for. That could be a week, could be a month, we no idea. So Trey Mann started. Um, we we would we talked about this um, when we did the trade deadline show about Trey Man and um, and Micic, Vasily Micic. Who is the priority? Well, they they both played well in that first game. Um, Man started and had nine points and nine assists, I believe, with a couple mm-hmm. of steals. Uh, and Micic played twenty six minutes off the bench, had mm-hmm. eighteen and nine. Yeah, I think you Sounds hit that. Sounds about right. Maybe it was, maybe it was um, 19 and 9, but it was... 19 it was and 9, okay. Very close. So yeah. both of them, I think based on that performance, are worth taking a flyer on. If both of them are going to get 26 to, to 28 or 29 minutes um, with no return in sight for LaMelo Ball, I, I guess you could take a flyer. I added Micic last night in a 14-team league, um, and I th- think I have man... feel like I got him somewhere... Um, in one league. So is there a preference for you here yet, or, or would you consider both of them? Let me just correct you. You had it right. It was 18 points, nine assists. Okay. I thought I was correcting you, but you were, you were right the whole time. So my bad. Um, I, th- I think I have to give the edge to Trey man just because he is starting, but I think it, I'd probably need a couple more games of the sample size before really mm. knowing because Michich was better in their first game statistically, 
Uh, Trey Mann, I think, scored the first five points of that game and then ended up finishing with nine. I mean, he's going to shoot the ball. The, the nine assists was really encouraging, very impressive. Uh, excited to see if he can keep being a playmaker. I think I'd give the edge to Trey Mann just – but I'm not like – I don't know. It's close. I in mm-hmm. my uh, pickups of the day column for Roto World that night, I said like you can pick up both. So I'm, I'm going to yeah. stick with that. Yeah, and and I think with with Man, I mean, Mitchich is a little bit more of an unknown. Uh, we we haven't seen him a lot on the court. He's a bit older. Um, with Man, we we've seen in spurts what he can do. And I think if if there was one thing that I would associate if I think of man, it's it's scoring. So I think he'll take shots. Right. He'll try to score the ball. So the nine assists and two steals are interesting, um, and sort of probably a bit of a bonus because if you picked him up, you're probably hoping for fifteen to sixteen points. Um, and look, if he hits a couple more shots, I mean, he, he took eleven shots. He only hit thirty six percent of them. So he hits a, a couple more, another three. He ends up with. 14 and nine with two steals, which I think most people would be saying, well, he's definitely an ad. So yeah, I think take a flyer on both of them, um, whichever one's available. I, as you said, if man is starting, so he probably would be the preference slightly, um, but it is Charlotte. So we, we don't really know um, what's happening there. Uh, the questions. All right. Trayton Littlejohn, hey, Kingy, would you preemptively drop Boyan to get man? Speaking of man, Fontecchio, Keontae, Drummond, Jonathan Isaac. Uh, preemptively, so that's sort of indicating, I guess, that once the Knicks are healthy, once they get Randall back, OG back, um, Robin, well, Robinson maybe, uh, that Boyan will move to the bench and, and probably play limited, well, limited, 24, 25 minutes off the bench. Um to get any of those guys. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. For me, not Drummond. Um, I, I think we know exactly who Drummond is. There's not going to be a change in his role. Uh, Jonathan Isaac has been – he's been playing well, but I, they, I just don't see a world where he plays more than 20 minutes, 22 minutes a night. So he's really just a, a defensive streamer. The other three names, maybe. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, definitely no to Drummond and Isaac for me. Um, I don't think I would drop him for Keontae George just because, like I said earlier, I don't think that there's going to be a situation where during the fantasy season, Keontae George is starting and playing 32, 34 minutes per game. I think it's going to be a pretty similar role to what he has now as the Jazz fight for a playing spot. So you wouldn't have to – like if, if he's sitting on your waiver wire now, I would assume he's going to continue to be there because I don't think much is going to change um, that would help him a ton. Fontecchio was really good in their first game, but I think that there was, like, Quentin Grimes was still out. Marcus Sasser was in some foul trouble. Like, there was other factors. So he played 32 minutes, I want to say. So I would imagine it's probably closer to, like, 20, 25-minute range. Um, I don't know if that's enough for me to drop Bojan now. And I think if I were to drop him for someone, it would be Trey Mann, just because I feel like, there's a legit chance that he starts for the rest of the season. Um, but I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet. I know Bojan wasn't very good in their first game, but I'd probably give him a second or third game with his new team before I drop him. Even though I know like at some point, like they're going to get healthy. He's going to come off the bench, but if I can get the production, he's kind of given all season. I might prefer that. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. Um, at least we do have a bit of a timeline on those Knicks guys on on OG right. and, and Randall. So they um, we know that it's probably another two to three weeks, and, and then they're potentially back in the lineup. So, um, how long would you be willing to hold Bagley for until we see something worth keeping? He was pretty bad uh, in that, and I mean, this is Bagley we're talking about. So we really shouldn't be surprised that he was bad because he's not great. But he's going to continue starting. I don't really see a world where he doesn't start for the rest of the season. So I'd, I'd just be holding him it, despite that performance. I, I wouldn't drop him because he'll be picked up straight away. Um, we know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to get you 15, 18 points, close to double-digit rebounds, and that's about it. Uh, but, yeah, I... He's going to have bad games in there, so I wouldn't be dropping him. I'd just be holding him Um, because I think, I don't know, if you look at maybe the next week, two weeks, I'm sure he'll have one or two good games in there. Yeah, and he this was only his third start for the Wizards, uh, and obviously it was his first game back after missing a few. He only played 15 minutes. I don't think that 15 minutes is going to continue to be the case. His first two starts, he had 39 minutes and put up 20 points, 11 boards, two steals, two three blocks. Second start was 36 minutes, 21 points, 12 rebounds. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm not dropping him yet. Um, I don't think that there's going to be a point where I am ready to drop him unless he's coming off the bench, but I don't think that that's going to be the case for the rest of the season. So yes, it was a frustrating first game, but just hold tight. Uh, yep. The minutes are coming. Yoking, uh, you know, I need rebounds and good field goal percentage. Should I trade Kobe White for Jalen Johnson? 10 team, nine cat, head to head. For me, this is a pretty easy answer. What about you? Uh, it's pretty easy, yes, for me. So I don't, I don't know if it was a pretty easy yes for you as well. But it I was, think it was a pretty easy yes. I think even without the uh, the categories needed, like I would still do that trade. But the fact that you need rebounds and higher field goal percentage, I think that's all the more reason to do it. Yep. Yeah, I think I mean Kobe has been great this year, like, and and I don't see anything changing, but Jalen just does more across the board. Kobe is points and threes, some assists. Uh, mm. Jalen Johnson is our points are a bit hit or miss, but he gets rebounds, he gets defensive stats, he'll he'll hit a three or two. Um, yeah, I think I think Johnson is is probably top thirty rest of the way, whereas Kobe is more like top fifty, top sixty. So uh, yeah, I'd go Jalen Johnson there. Uh, same league. Should I drop Asar for Paul Reed or Nick Richards? Well, are you an Asar believer? I am an Asar believer. I am not a Monty Williams believer, which I think is why this is a little bit of a question. And the fact that you need uh, rebounds and field goal percentage, which kind of says, okay, like one of Nick Richards or Paul Reed should, in theory, be a better option than Asar Thompson. But I'm just pulling up Asar uh, Thompson's numbers from recently. Honestly, he's okay. So last two weeks, shooting 52.3% and averaging six and a half rebounds per game. I want to say that that might be either better or very similar rebounds to Paul Reed. Uh, okay, last two weeks, Paul Reed is 6.9 rebounds with a 46.2% field goal percentage. Maybe if you need the rebounds and field goal percentage, then I would go Nick Richards. Other than that, I would probably stick with Asar. 
Yeah, see, this one's different for me because I'd take both of those guys over Asar. Um, really? But that's, I mean, yeah, and that could be the Monty thing. It could be, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, Asar was so good to start the season. I had him on a lot of teams, and then he just, I think he just burnt me that this is probably a little bit me being biased because I had to drop him in so many leagues. Um, and I just, I feel safer or feel more more secure or certain in Richards and Reed in terms of their role. Um, they're both starting. Mark Williams might never play again. And Reed <laughs> probably won't play again in the fantasy season at least. Um, so I'd probably have Reed over Richards over Asar. But if you're in a position that you can take a bit of a risk, if you're quite sort of comfortable in your standings, then I think Asar probably has the most upside but whether we actually see him reach that this season I'm, I'm not 100 percent certain but so there you go two different answers i'm not sure how much that helps but um i think i think they're all worth rostering um reed would be the preference for me still i think despite the fact that he hasn't been probably the home run that we were hoping uh, when Embiid went down uh, he he has been all right so jordan pool is he becoming a drop? Uh, well, has he been a drop for <laughs> for three months? Um, I don't know. What do you think about Jordan Poole moving forward? Is he going to – is there a – can he improve? Can he get back to anything close to what we'd hoped he would be coming into the season? Or do we just drop him and move on? So let me just tell you, I dropped him uh, December 14th. So it's been almost two months since I uh, dropped the Sarah Thompson – since I dropped Jordan Poole, um, still talking about the last one, unfortunately, but um, I never had a Sir Thompson to drop it. But uh, I think it's kind of like a man, it might be just an up to you kind of thing. Is if you've held out this far for Jordan Poole, then I don't know, like what if things turn around? Because we know what he has done in the past, but I dropped him two months ago. I think there was a couple games where I was like, dang, I wish I would have had him. But for the most part, it's been a great experience for me, would recommend it. Um, yeah, I think you could say he's a drop, but I don't think he's like, oh my gosh, why do you have him on your team? I'm, I dropped him and it's worked out well. Um, but it was hard because I did draft him in the fourth round. So was, I, yeah. I know I've, I know I've said this on like every freaking podcast that I've talked about him, but I took him, uh, right before Josh was up on the, the turn and industry pickup. Uh, and he ended up getting Tyrese Maxey because he, I took Jordan Poole from him. So that's uh i mean i could have yeah anyways um he's atop the standings i'm seventh if i would have tyrese max in here jordan pool maybe it would be a little bit more even but i digress uh jordan pool i get it it's frustrating i think it's totally fine and i have no sympathy for you at all uh <laughs> so yeah look i'm looking at jordan pool's game log here he had 11 in the last game look his assists have bumped up a little bit over the last Two weeks, he's had four, five, five, seven, and ten. Uh, at least a steal in four. Oh, what have we got? Seven of the last eight games. It's just his points. Like, he's had 11, 19, 0, 4, 16, 13. I think if you're happy with 15 points, five assists, and a steal, then you hold on to him. I don't really see him blowing up. Um, I mean, this sample size is getting bigger and bigger by the day. So... Yeah, if, if you're okay with a top 150, top 130 guy, 
hold on to him. But as you said, you dropped him. You don't regret it. So, yeah, I I don't even think. Oh, I had him in a league, but I'm eliminated from that league. So You said you don't have sympathy for me, but if I had Maxi instead of Jordan Poole, it would have been an extra turnover at least because I don't even have Poole <laughs> on my roster. So it would have been at least an extra turnover. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it would have been. But, <laughs> yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, who would you drop for Asar? Bagley, Brooks, or Drummond in a points league? Uh, I like Drummond because I also have Vooch. Okay, so a bit of a handcuff there. Uh, in a points league, not Bagley, because um, Bagley has more value in a points league. Um, Brooks and Drummond. Uh, I mean, Dr- Drummond would be the one for me there if I have, in a points league that I would consider dropping. Um, but if you like having him as a bit of a handcuff for Vooch, then I guess Brooks. I, I'd probably be okay with dropping Dylan Dylan Brooks for, for Asar Thompson. Um, Brooks is probably going to have a, a, another couple of games of maybe elevated value with Van Fleet out. But looking beyond the All-Star break, once he's back and, and if Tari Eason ever comes back, Cam Whitmore right. will come back. Brooks is just going to – he'll continue starting, but – um, I, I think I'd have a SAR over Dylan Brooks. Yeah, I was just pulling up the points league numbers, and Drummond's been better than Dylan Brooks over the course of the season okay. and over the last two weeks uh, in standard Yahoo points. So I think it might end up being Brooks for me as well. I think Bagley is definitely not a guy I'm dropping. Uh, so, yeah, I think Dylan Brooks. Uh, if Alinek and Bagley are my worst guys, who's the drop to get a player out of IL? It's probably Alinek. Um mm-hmm. I, I think just because we don't know what his role is going to look like, I think Bagley, as I said, he probably has that starting role. And once he's healthy, he's probably at 28 to 30 minutes. Whereas a Linux, as I said, I'm hoping he gets to 25 minutes, but he may stick at 22. Um, so it's probably a Linux uh, that I would be dropping there. Yeah, I agree 100%. <laughs> Sorry to hear about Paul. Don't. Don't be sympathetic for him. Uh, about Paul in the fourth round, if it makes you feel better, I got Mikhail and Kessler in the second. Yeah, that's rough. Or Kessler especially. Oh, look, I think you wouldn't be alone there with, with Kessler. I yeah. think a lot of people took him as a top 50, top 40 player. He's been bad. But, look, maybe that's going to turn around now if, if he starts. And, uh, and I think this is Alex Raclean's burner. I think that's what it this could is. Be. It could be. It could be. Bridges, I didn't get Bridges anywhere, and I think he he was just going way too early for me in drafts this mm-hmm. season um, because of what he did in that last month or whatever it was last last year. I just wasn't convinced that he was that guy, and I, I was happy taking him top 50, but maybe top 40, but, yeah, I, I just think he was going a little bit high. So I can't uh, sympathise personally, um, but, but, yeah, look, hopefully Kessler – turns things around now with a with what's going on in Utah. If he can start, he might be a bit of a difference maker down the stretch. Yeah, I think he definitely could be. I don't know if he'll get second round value. It might look like second round value because of the blocks, but I don't know if he'll actually he'll get there. But yeah, I think Bridges was a guy that if you're drafting him in the second round, you're drafting him with the idea that he's going to play 82 games and some of the other guys going around there are probably going to play around 60, maybe less because a lot of the guys going around there were expected to, but I think a combination of LeBron, AD, Paul George, uh, Kawhi just being significantly healthier than 
we expected or than they have been the past few seasons and Bridges being, I think, worse than we expected because I still expected him to be like third or fourth round per game value, um, but still just being available all the time. I didn't expect him to be quite as, I don't want to call it bad, but just not as good as I expected. Yeah, and I'm just having a – so he's a top top 50 in totals, Bridges, and per game, yeah, he's about the same. So, um, yeah, look, he's been fine. Uh, it's not like you, you – It's not, he's not like a Jordan Poole. So he's not – you didn't draft <laughs> him in round four or round three and then he's been droppable. Um, he just hasn't quite been as good at, and. I mean, usually you make that up. You might have drafted someone in round seven who's been a fourth-round player or something like that. So, um, yeah, look, it, it does happen. Um, all right, a couple more and then we'll get out of here. Also, last question, Guy, is asking for De'Aaron Fox instead of Kobe for Jalen Johnson. Uh, so would you have Jalen Johnson over De'Aaron Fox? I think with the caveat that you need help with the rebounds and field goal percentage, yes. Um, because I mean, Fox's field goal percentage is lower this season. He's shooting more threes and obviously Jalen Johnson's a better rebounder. So I think it's kind of crazy to say that based on just how, like, it's just a testament to how good Jalen Johnson has been this season, how much of a breakout that he's had, the fact that it's a conversation. Um, but yeah, I think he is somebody that it, it sounds like, I don't know, saying I'm going to trade Aaron Fox for Jalen Johnson just sounds very strange because of the, like, Darren Aaron Fox being a all-star and Jalen Johnson kind of being in the G League last – or not in the G League last season, but kind of like a, a bench guy last season. But, yeah, I think I might actually do that. Uh, and the Kings' playoff schedule is 4-4-4, four, 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 so mm-hmm. some hesitation to draft Fox. Yeah, look, that is a good schedule to have in your playoffs. I think you're probably set – like, you're probably – if you're looking at giving up Fox, you, the the other manager is buying low here. Like Fox has been pretty bad. He's dealing with a shoulder injury. Um, whether he'll get a week, whatever, off over the All-Star break, whether that gives him a bit of time to rehab that shoulder and actually get it back to, to where it was to start the season because he was really good to start the season. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you could – I'd certainly prefer to get rid of Kobe – here um if it is fox yeah i still do think jalen johnson if in those with what you need in the categories he's probably the better option but i'd certainly prefer to try and get rid of kobe than than De'Aaron fox De'Aaron fox obviously has a lot more upside yeah um, he can be a top 15 player for two weeks where i don't think kobe can do that so um yeah no look that that's thanks for the questions guys i mean we it gives us stuff to talk about um which is always appreciated. Uh, I'm going to let Noah go. I'm going to go and have some quick breakfast and, and do some work. Uh, tank me later. You haven't recorded one yet, but there's one coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Post trade deadline. Um, I'm actually finally going to publish dynasty rankings. Like I have it in the, like as a draft saved on the Roto world site. So it will be hopefully out today if not tomorrow and then doing a take me later uh to talk about that um some players that were moved to the deadline that could kind of change in value just some other like guys at the top things like that uh because i think i've made a couple changes up there even since my january ones 
uh, January ranks. Just a couple of moves from when I did the last one, kind of talking about the top 30 rankings, I think is what I did. Um, and then again, the Q&A tomorrow. I'm assuming you're joining me for that. I guess I never confirmed, but we'll be back to uh, talk more questions, take more questions yep. over at the Roto World site. Yep, I'll be there. Um, and, and yeah, as the as the, the playoffs come around, the fantasy playoffs and the redraft content starts sort of scaling back a little bit. Obviously, Tank Me Later is a, you have a, a dynasty um, bit of a focus there and Matt Lawson will probably be, he's doing his ranks as well. So we'll have plenty of dynasty stuff coming out over the next few months. Um, our usual shows this week, tomorrow, as you said, I'll be on with you doing the Roto World Q&A. Uh, I'll have my live show with Matty G and Skiddy, I believe, Thursday night Australian time uh, where we, we have a couple of beers and we, we just talk about NBA. Uh, doing a bonus episode this week, I think, on – I did mention this on Mitch's show yesterday, but if you missed that one, um, I don't know what it's going to be called, but I know what I want to talk about, and it's fantasy playoff punt trade targets. So if you're – if you're in the fantasy playoffs, you're heading into the fantasy playoffs in a head-to-head category league and you're looking to just condense uh, or, or I guess narrow your focus um, and, and hone in on some of your strengths and, and maybe that's five or six categories, who are some targets, some trade targets you could look at um, if you're punting, if you want to punt assists, for example, who are some guards that have some added value in that build? So I'm going to just do a show uh Hopefully this week, uh, depending on work, uh, talking about that sort of stuff. So, yeah, look, a lot of stuff coming out. Um, as always, I'll get rid of that question. We don't need that anymore. Uh, thank you for coming on. Um, I'll let you go Absolutely. and watch the NBA and, and adjust your, your lineups and, and prepare for industry. <laughs> um, who do you have in industry pickup this week? I believe it's Mike Barner. It is, and he is below so I think me, you need, I believe. Uh, he's... he's 10th, 9th, whatever. Yeah. Um, He's two and a half games behind you. Yeah, all right. So I'll just hit him up and tell him to push hard for that big victory. Uh, I will try and beat B-Dub comfortably this week. Uh, that will do it for today's show. Remember, you can check out all of our content over at fbibasketball.com. Uh, we're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and Twitter. We'd love it if you give us a thumbs up and a subscribe. Uh, helps us build our little brand here uh, that we've got going on. So um, thanks again for listening. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.